Welcome to Good Clean Real, where tea experts Jenny Rips and Maria Littlefield go deep into the world of consumables. This investigative series is focused on whole ingredients of all kinds, their function, and how to make them delicious. The Owl's Brew founders are on a mission to educate themselves as they navigate how to give their bodies the very best, which is what we all deserve. Hello, Maria. Hi, Jenny. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Uh, Good. You know, not quarantining, just hanging hanging out by myself. (laughs) Yep. About the same. (laughs) Um, Pretty much all I've done this year. But we'll quickly introduce ourselves um, because I know this is a new series for us. So um, by way of introduction... um, this is Jenny Rips. Say hello. I'm Jenny Rips. Um, <laughs> I'm Jenny Rips. I am one of the founders of Owl's Brew, um, where we make tea and botanical-based beverages. And my co-founder is sitting across this Zoom landscape from me. Yes, and I'm Maria Littlefield. Um, and for this first episode, uh, we thought it only made sense to discuss a little bit about why it's so important to us personally to eat and drink real, um, meaning like eating only foods that are made from whole real ingredients and or drinking foods that are made from whole real ingredients um, and kind of layering onto that, um, why it became so important for us, um, for our brand to make real. Um, and it's been a core pillar of our brand from the very beginning to use like all real ingredients, no flavors of any kind. Um Yeah. And I think that's really important. Like, obviously, this idea of making real is something, I mean, I will talk about it in a few minutes, like how we got there, but it's something that I think is pretty even confusing as a concept. Um, And we will be going pretty deep into this in this episode and in many others, but like the food and beverage industry is pretty messed up. And this idea of making something real versus like making something natural. There's like literally an entire world in between this idea of real and natural. But if you were to look at like a package and it was like, Oh, hundred percent natural. You'd be like, Oh, of course that means it's hundred percent real because why wouldn't you? And so I think what's been really interesting for me and you and me, Maria on an education yeah. perspective is like literally parsing out, terms like we're like oh we don't use flavors and people are like what you don't use flavors why don't you use flavors and it's because flavors usually aren't real so i I think it's just no it's this very like weird kind of hidden secret i feel like that we started to like uncover the layers to when we first started making the mixers really and um i mean it's wild like and the there's a lot of like loopholes that we will talk about in a little bit but um I mean, in particular, this episode, we're really going to focus on natural flavors. Um, and Jenny, as Jenny said, they're really advertised as, like, as a good thing. But in fact, most of them are made, all of them are made in labs. They're not made from nature. And some can be made with up to 100 chemicals. So when you think you're actually drinking something natural and real, it's only originated from something that comes from the earth. So we'll get into what that means. But um, we felt pretty like duped and hoodwinked when we figured it all out. So um, we, we want to share with you guys what, what we've learned. But um, I think it makes sense maybe like to start with like how we got into tea. What do you think? That's exactly what I was thinking. I wanted to, I thought we could share our story and uh, talk about how we got to this sort of 
vaguely militant cocktail position where we are very serious about how we drink our boozy (laughs) and everything else. Um, So kind of just to take a step back in terms of, in terms of who we are, where we come from, um, I started out with a tea company. Maria and I co-founded a tea company together, Brew Lab Tea. And at Brew Lab, I really was just using whole tea ingredients, either for flavor or function. So for instance, um, some of the restaurants we partnered with were like Sweetgreen, um, a great concept that's all about whole food, um, Dig In, and also places like Momofuku and Soho House, um, quality meats, quality Italian kind of makes me sad to think about restaurants right now as I'm talking about it. But like, so my entire background was tea and making tea beverages to taste a certain way and also to have a certain function. And then, but a little, a little whiles into my sort of tea journey, uh, Maria and I were having cocktails one night and we realized like, that, well, I guess, Maria, you, you can say what we realized, but I think you know well, what we realized. Like, tea and booze were amazing together. And also, like, this idea that you didn't have to have, like, a super sugary cocktail that, like, you inevitably had a hangover from. <laughs> um, and you could actually, like, by mixing tea and booze, you actually had this, like, amazing, flavorful, delicious cocktail um, but you were also giving something back to your body. Like, you know, you were getting antioxidants and vitamins. And so this concept of our brand is drink wise, but that's really how it started. It was just this idea of like, you can drink and still give something good um, or put something good into your body. And um, I think at the same time, like the counterpoint to that, when we started out, even before we got into this whole mission about whole ingredients, because we didn't even know there was like a world in which you could drink something that wasn't made with real ingredients, because that sounds crazy, was just that like we would drink and something would have a ton of sugar in it, or we weren't like really sure what was in it. And so we just, we knew tea and we knew botanicals and we knew that when we like made something with hibiscus, we were getting vitamin C while we had gin or whatever. So I I think that was the idea. Like we would use these real ingredients to give as Maria, as you just said, Maria, like to give something back, but we were about to find out that we were perilously wrong in terms of thinking that it was just as simple as, we made this hibiscus gin thing and like now we no, want to put it in, this a in a bucket can you just make it and put it in a yeah, bottle we made, it, we made it in a bucket now we want it in a gigantic kettle but that's not not what happened not quite as simple and i mean when we started talking to manufacturers um about bottling our our mixers um we like brought our recipes to everyone and everyone directed us immediately to flavor houses, which I had never heard of. I thought it was so crazy and weird. Um, and everyone wanted us to like remake our recipe essentially. So like the fresh brewed teas that we were making in buckets, like everyone wanted us to use like an essence or a flavor to actually get our tea. Like no one, we were like, no, we, we want to brew our we were tea. Like, we were like, why? And also we had been working with restaurants for so long that it just yeah. kind of like, it was kind of like, well, why? Like, why if I can go to Scarpetta and like make this amazing like lavender chamomile thing that their wonderful mixologist, um, Brad Carnation can make into like a delicious cocktail. Like, why do I need to go find like a lavender essence that isn't actually, it's made with a hundred chemicals to make this particular drink. So, so we got, first we felt dumb. I mean, to be honest. Yeah, we were, everyone we were, looked at us like we had like two heads. They were, we were like, like new in the industry and they're like, <laughs> they're like, they're like a flavor house. Like it's this mysterious place. And we we're like, oh, okay. So like to make a product, but then like just on a gut level, like it was like, this feels wrong. Like why, 
why if I'm making, if I'm brewing this hibiscus or brewing this lavender to actually do something to my body, why would I ever replace it with something fake? And also, isn't that like more complicated to like use a flavor instead of a real thing that has a flavor? <laughs> uh, so yeah. basically with, with the flavor houses, we, Maria and I, you and I started doing a little digging to find out what the hell a flavor was since it wasn't what we thought it was, which was just like a thing, like a raspberry. Huh. Yeah. Like, we thought it wasn't like, a raspberry. A raspberry um, was a raspberry flavor. I think I thought it was like a concentrate. Like I thought, I think I thought it was like a raspberry concentrate. Like, I don't, I don't think I had any idea, but I mean, it was like obvious to me that artificial flavors were bad because they're like obviously artificial. Um, but I mean, natural flavors are, I think even more tricky. And, um, as I said before, they're made in a lab. Um, and I don't know. I feel like the general consumer has no concept between what we were saying, real and natural. Um, and they hide so many things in this world, natural. And like, the more we started looking, it also is crazy to me, like how many big brands like highlight the fact that it's made with natural flavors. And you're like, okay, but that just means with chemicals. <laughs> like what? Um, but it's, this is like very sneaky word, um, that I don't know. No, it's super sneaky. And like, I mean, so basically just to recap what you and I found out as we went to these flavor houses was that, okay, just to lay it out all out, right? natural flavors, which were what they were telling us we needed to use to make our product are actually flavors that are made to recreate the flavor of something else. So a good example might be like a natural, and this is like a good, easy example, like a natural lemon flavor might just like take a lemon, pull some extract from it, use like 90 chemicals in order to make that lemon taste more lemony, but it's like actually based on a lemon. But then there are other natural flavors, for instance, like, um, sorry, like for instance, a raspberry might be made kind of similarly to that lemon, but also raspberry can often be made from the anal glands of either a beaver or a possum. I can't remember. Vanilla is one and raspberry is another. Yeah. And so like, that's a natural thing, right? Like a beaver that's running around, like doing whatever it does to the trees is natural, but like you wouldn't imagine when you're having like raspberry flavored tea that like you're drinking beaver's butt. Would you? So, so it's like this, this idea of natural is, so basically like, I just want to read you a quote before you leave the animals, because like, it's not just us talking about this, but like, this is a good one from organics.org. It says beaver anal glands, boiled beetles, and rodent hair are among the ingredients mentioned on this list that are like approved for natural flavors. This is another quote from Business Insider, and it says the FDA has no formal definition of the term natural. Most likely, the chemical compounds added to your food have been processed enough to no longer be products of the earth. Just like, I mean, just what we're like hammering home, but there's literally no nutritional value whatsoever. <laughs> no, and it's just wild. And so like what, what happens, and I have, I, I'll talk about being a mom in a second, but like I even have friends who are vegan and I would say to them, and then I stopped saying it to them because it was just too upsetting. I'd be like, well, what do you do about like raspberry flavors? Or whatever? <laughs> yeah. And like, but like the thing is the way this stuff is labeled, there is no way for you to know if you're drinking something from it or eating something made with an animal byproduct, if it's like, so like we can give you some rules of thumb at the end of the podcast, but this idea that like naturally made natural raspberry flavor is not literally from a raspberry is shocking. And just to also mention that like as a mom, cause I have two little kids, it sucks so much because like 
it's intentional. Like you walk around a grocery store and like your mom and like everything is like, is a gigantic print, natural blueberry, natural, this natural, that. So like you go and you buy one brand over another and you spend three more dollars per whatever you're having a kid's birthday party. All the moms are there like, you know, just like looking to see if you have like the right stuff. And like, you really care what you're giving the other little kids. So you give them some kind of juice pack, which like, by the way, like there are some people who would like even be disappointed in that because of the sugar, but you give them, a juice pack mm, and you don't more scrutiny. <laughs> so much scrutiny. And you don't give them like a juice pack made with like you give them a juice pack with only natural flavors, but then like you're me and you know what I know about the food industry, and you know that like natural flavors is literally code for at least a hundred chemicals. And it's such BS. And it really makes me mad because you know, people not everyone can afford people try so hard to afford to give their children the best thing possible. And so for it to actually be just like a marketing labeling trick, just really, really pisses me off. Um, yeah, no, absolutely. And I feel like that's the, that's kind of the whole point of this. And I feel like that's why we feel so passionately about it is because we like truly felt, felt duped as consumers. And like, I don't think I'm like super crazy, but like if I'm going to buy something that I like, I'm spending more money on and I think is going to like actually be better for me. I want it to be better for me. You know, I'm, I don't, I don't want it to be equivalent to the same thing. That's $4 lot. Like, you know what I mean? No. So I feel like that, that's like the core of kind of why, why we got into all of this. Right. And like why, why we're so obsessed with this topic. Yeah. No, it's upsetting. And, it, and it's worse. But then also we didn't want to drink that way. So it made us yeah. rethink what we were buying but it also made us even more like with this very kind of pure background where I was like in a lab and it was like, oh, like lavender, lemon verbena, green tea. Like, how do we want to do this? Like this idea that like most of the beverages that were on the market today and particularly, by the way, like alcohol. Because yeah, I was going to say, we haven't even gotten into alcohol. And I think alcohol is like the worst of them all with any transparency about anything. Like most people don't even have nutrition labels. They just say like pineapple vodka and that's it. <laughs> and it's not made with pineapples. I will tell you that. <laughs> it's not made with pineapples. 100% not. So yeah. So uh, basically, I mean, Maria, what, like, I think we reached a pretty simple conclusion about, <laughs> about how to avoid chemicals. Um, it's it has to do with label reading. Yes. Yeah. So, I mean, if you're, if you're buying a beverage for function, um, I guess our biggest tip is to really read the ingredients next time. Um, and you want to make sure that the ingredient you're buying is actually spelt out. So like if you're buying ginger, for example, you don't want ginger flavoring. You want ginger, like whole ginger, ginger, like a concentrate is okay. Cause that means it's just the same product that's concentrated, but you want it to be the actual ingredient. Um, like if you're buying it, if you have a stomach ache, you want to buy ginger ale with real ginger, um, to actually have any effect on, um, helping you, um, so anyway, yeah, but that's our, our biggest tip is, is to read carefully and avoid anything that says flavor. But one like funny little story, just like to point out how tricky this is. And also like, this is not something this, what, what's so like shitty about this is that like, it's not the consumer's fault. And like, I'll give a good example, which is like with my one husband, like I like literally have spent years like fighting this fight. Like, like this is something that I talk about. I talk about it at dinner. I talk about beaver butt. I offend people. Right. So this is like something that I really care about. And I like, I'm not, I don't usually get very emotional, but like for Thanksgiving, we hosted this big Thanksgiving and Max, I sent Max out to get butter and he came back with like some butter that was like 
it was like naturally flavor. It was like natural butter flavor. And I was like, <laughs> what is this? And, yeah, and yeah, he was like, it's like it's butter. And I was like, well, but like, no, it's like naturally flavored butter. And I'm cooking. And he was like, but it says on it right here, natural butter. And I was like, yes. And that's why it's bad. And then he actually went out to get other butter and that butter was also naturally flavored, but like in a different way. Like, oh, no. Quite, no, it was really. But I think the point is that this is like, it's consumer trickery. Like it's not that people are like, it, it, what's upsetting about it is that you can try so hard to get it right. And these, the big food, big food and beverage really tricks people. And that's what I think um, kind of makes me mad, which, you know, our product itself is just, you know, like a fun product to drink, but we're so serious about using only whole real ingredients because like there's a world where you can, where you're literally being asked to pay more money for something that's made with chemicals, like masquerading as natural. Yeah. And that's, yeah. My, that's my story, which is that, so that everyone buyer beware. Buyer beware. I think that is probably a good place to wrap natural flavors um we sincerely hope we like haven't ruined your favorite food or beverage but like it's better to know don't you think <laughs> um spend that money buy the chemical thing if you <laughs> yeah if you're if you're just going for something natural just buy the artificial what's the difference no difference um but so anyway, we're super excited in our upcoming episodes. We're going to cover other topics like this, um, things like tea and tea for function, adaptogens. Um, we're going to speak to some experts about ingredients for wellness, probiotics, foraging, and of course, the best booze and wines to drink when you need a drink, um, which, you know, I think we all do a, maybe more than usual these days. Um, I agree. Yeah. <laughs> um, I've certainly had a few. Um, but uh Okay, before we wrap, Jenny, um, our yeah. resident polar grace has has a poll for us. Ooh. Okay, I don't know. I sight unseen for me. Maria, we Maria hides them from me. I, I hide them from you. Okay. So Jenny, otherwise Jenny forms too many opinions, so she has to be surprised. <laughs> True. I need to be surprised. Um, okay. So what are your three most used apps on your phone and have they changed since quarantine? Ooh, Grace, that's a good one. Yeah. Um, okay. Yes, they have changed so much. So <laughs> one, because I'm now not in the city, I'm in the country. So there's an app called Picture This. So I'm doing a lot of like local foraging oh. now, which you don't do in New York. And this app called Picture This, you can take a picture of like any plant that you see and it immediately tells you what it is. And I oh, use and like cool. using that a lot now. It's really, really cool. I found like m- wild mullen which is like a great like leaf for your respiratory system growing. And it's just like a, like a gigantic plant. And like, I like foraged some of it, but like I wouldn't have no. on like a hike. So I use pictures. Like um, I am using, let's see, Facebook more now because I like, I'm trying to find out what's going on in this place that I'm in, which like I never used Facebook before. And then I'm still using like um, Slack a lot as we always did. And I think before... I used Instagram a lot more and then like Postmates, <laughs> Uber, yeah. um, you know, anything that brought me things quickly. So those things, anything that brought me those are gone. Um, I, I mean, Instagram, but that's so boring. Um, seamless. I use a lot. I, and Amazon, it's like, I'm so guilty. I, we like Amazon everything now. <laughs> but did you not use Amazon before? 
I mean, I used Amazon, but not to the extent that I'm using it now. Like every, I mean, like the weirdest, like I don't go to CVS anymore. I just like Amazon things. Yeah. Okay. But I think, I don't know. I don't think that's too exciting. Yours are much, your plant foraging app is much more exciting. <laughs> it's really cool. <laughs> have the opportunity to, I don't know, catch like wild daisies. Whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. And then her second one is, um, what's your most used emoji? Oh, Grace. Um, <laughs> what is, uh, what's yours, Maria? I don't Mine know. is just 100% that like laughing, crying face. I feel like I send that like 10 times a day. You do. And you definitely increase that because I yeah. do much more laughing, crying these days. Um, I feel like that's basically how I feel most of the time. I think I just do like a smiley face. It's not that interesting. It's good. You know, you know classic. OG. OG. The OG. Uh, and I think that's a wrap on our podcast. If you would like to follow along uh, for Owls Brew, you can find us on Instagram at theowlsbrew.com and the same on Facebook and Twitter. Um, and we also have a whole blog section if you're interested in learning more about ingredients. Um, outside of this podcast, we, we have a lot of blog posts about everything from history of booze to teas for uh, metabolism. So check it out and um, hope you tune in next week. Thank you. Bye, Maria. Bye, Jenny.